this podcast is created on Awabakal and Waramai land. We pay our respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. Welcome into the realm of sluts and blood magic, where we work together to have more fulfilling and pleasurable relationships, sex lives and menstrual cycles. I'm your host, Jem Campbell, a sexologist, dietitian, nutritionist, period empowerment guide and menstrual blood witch. Let's get into this week's episode. Hey folks, before we get into today's episode, I want to remind you that I offer sex and nutrition coaching both face-to-face and online via Zoom. I offer cheaper sessions for students, people who have pension and concession cards, queer folks, and anyone who is experiencing financial hardship can select the sliding scale option and you can pay as little as $50 for a session with me. That is usually valued at $150 to $200. I do this because I want to make my work as accessible as possible to all people. And yeah, let me know if you have any questions. You can send me an email to gem at imawildgem.com or you can send me a DM on Instagram at the blood slut. Let's get into the episode. Hey folks, how are we all today? Hi YouTube. I'm also putting this video on YouTube. I've got my little camera there. Hi guys. So as you can see, I'm outside today in the courtyard at my partner's home that is now my home. I've just moved in here um, a couple of weeks ago. Very unexpectedly, was not planned at all. (laughs) Also, this is my ice hat that I'm wearing. Um, In case you're wondering, it's really fucking hot. I'm in Australia and it's like autumn now but it's really fucking hot like it must be like 35 degrees today um celsius so i'm sweating my tits off so i've got my ice hat on um so i'm kind of okay but also kind of dying but i just really wanted to be outside today because i've been inside working today and the house that we're living in is like there's not a lot of natural light and I just feel really depressed and weird when I'm in like a dark like den type space you know what I mean so I'm out here today so today I really want to talk about assertive communication it's something that I am super passionate about um, as someone who grew up in a family that did not use assertive communication really at all um so I'm going to talk about how to become more assertive how to develop more assertive communication style what is a communication style how can an assertive communication style add value and more fulfillment in our relationships and sex lives So to me, assertive communication is communication when we are speaking our mind in a way that isn't aggressive, it isn't provocative or uh, defensive or attacking or any of those things. It's really to the point really kind of sharp it's communication that is well thought out it's not an impulsive um comment or something that might upset someone intentionally it's never malicious it's it's quite to the point sharp I guess (laughs) upfront is a really good way to describe it so when you think of the word assertive you might think of um words like you know authoritative or um yeah authority figures like when you think assertive that might be where your brain goes but when I'm talking about being assertive I'm talking about speaking your truth and not 
worrying so much about what the person or people on the receiving end of what you're saying are going to think or feel about it. So it's all about you. You're expressing to someone how you feel about something or your opinion on something or potentially even a fact (laughs) and you're telling them this thing without worrying too much about how they're going to react. So a lot of the time, especially those of us who have people-pleasing tendencies, which I would say is a vast majority of the population, especially AFABs, we tend to fall into the trap of people-pleasing and not actually saying what we mean and actually kind of beating around the bush and maybe uh, we might hint at what we mean or we might be a bit passive-aggressive or we might even be a bit more on the aggressive side or we might be completely fawning in a trauma response and just going along with what's happening, feeling extreme discomfort at the thought of actually speaking how we feel and what we're actually thinking. Just let that digest for a moment. I'm sure a lot of you know that that's what assertive communication is, but just in case you didn't, I just wanted to make that very clear that it's a type of communication style. So the three main types of communication styles off the top of my head from my sexology studies are passive aggressive, aggressive and assertive. And I think there's one more, but I'm not going to talk about that today anyway, so it doesn't matter. Assertive communication is extremely important in all areas of your life, not just romantic and sexual relationships, but in friendships, in client professional relationships, with your work colleagues, with your boss, um, even your neighbours, even, you know, on social media, everywhere, your family, acquaintances, assertive communication is important because without it, people don't know either who you really are and what your true beliefs and opinions are or they think you're someone completely different than who you actually are. So a lot of people tend to opt for a an aggressive or a passive aggressive communication style if they have been raised in a dysfunctional family environment where <clears throat> assertive communication was scarce. Me for example, I grew up in a family with three younger siblings and a mum and a dad and my mum predominantly used a passive aggressive communication style which is not ideal Um, and she had obviously also been conditioned probably by my grandma to communicate that way. I think it's really common for women especially baby boomers and older generations to opt for a passive aggressive communication style because it feels familiar it feels natural they don't actually know any other way of communicating because they've never been taught they didn't have access to social media they probably haven't gone to therapy which is where a lot of us do learn to communicate more assertively so yeah I think it's really common for people who have been socialized as girls and women to be more passive aggressive and for men to people who've been socialized as boys and men to be more more aggressive and you see this a lot um in relationship dynamics and in dating even when you um message on like a dating app or even on marketplace or something like that you know how sometimes men and like older generations can be really demanding they're like it's not even assertive it's like aggressive they're like I want this like sold this is for me coming to get it now 
like very like domineering very demanding very confronting kind of communication where you're just like whoa hold up like you don't tell me what to do and that's where like I think that authoritative um kind of energy comes in sometimes with uh aggressive communication it's like the person is trying to be like I'm the top dog here like you have to listen to me um I'm gonna get exactly what I want and that's why I think a lot more men use that communication style because it's intimidating and a lot of women being more um in a fawn trauma response or more of a people-pleasing kind of tendency space they're going to literally fawn to that communication and give the man or the person what they want they're trying to elicit a fear response in a way whether they're conscious of that or whether they're not yeah so growing up in my family my mum was passive aggressive and my dad was I say a little bit more of that aggressive demanding typical kind of man way of communicating um he could definitely be more assertive than my mum I would say and he's he is a lot more assertive now and a lot more direct but yeah my mum as you know like I don't speak to her anymore and a big part of that was the fact that she was telling my siblings sometimes things behind my back or I could just tell that she wasn't actually telling me the full truth about how she was feeling and I completely understand the fear of actually being confrontational and actually being upfront about things it can be really scary especially if you have never been that way before if it's a new thing that you're learning it is a skill really and you need to practice it to feel comfortable and I'm at a place in my life now where I can say that I feel extremely confident in most situations to assert a boundary or to assertively communicate something. But it has taken me seven years in therapy and my own um, work that I've done journaling and practicing (laughs) this communication style to get to where I am today and I'm not saying it's going to take you that long but I am saying that it does take work it takes self-awareness and it takes a lot of dedication because it's really easy to flop back down to that doormat that you've always been and to just let people walk all over you and it's it's familiar it feels a lot easier and then you can go and like beat yourself beat yourself up about it later it's kind of like this ritualistic thing that you do that's ingrained in you um and then it happens again and it keeps happening so you kind of have to break that cycle and some of the ways that I would suggest breaking that cycle is to first of all actually go and chat to a counsellor or a therapist and actually start unpacking your childhood that is a really good place to start because everything starts in childhood even if you think that you've had quite a functional healthy upbringing there will still be things that maybe your parents said to you or communicated to you that just didn't sit right and maybe have rubbed off on you a little bit and it's really important to unpack those things I'm not saying that that's necessarily trauma, although it is for some people, but it can still elicit a bit of a trauma response or a bit of a fight, fight, flight, freeze, fawn response. So say if your dad used to get really angry at you, if you would um, forget to put a dish in the dishwasher or something and he would like yell at you. Like that's aggressive communication Um, instead of assertively coming up to you and saying, hi, Jem, can you please put your dish in the dishwasher? I'm really sick of you leaving it in the in the sink. Um, It would be a lot more considerate if you could put it in the dishwasher. 
that is assertive, right? That is an assertive response, uh, an assertive statement. Um, compared to the coming, I'm being like, I'm so fucking sick of you not putting your dish in the dishwasher and like losing your shit and having like a tantrum. If your parent did that, then you might have also adopted that or gone the other way and become more of a fawning, people-pleasing, passive-aggressive communication style where maybe you're living with a partner and your partner um, leaves a dish in the sink and you get really irritated at them but instead of yelling at them like your dad did when you were a kid you passive aggressively make a comment a snarky comment to them when they get home from work like like oh must have been such a hard day or like you you say something that's a bit you know it's not nice and they might not know where that um is coming from or they might not even realize it's passive aggressive, but it might actually be coming from that dish that they've left in the dishwasher and you're pissed off about that, but you're not actually assertively approaching them and saying, hey, I'm really getting tired of you leaving your dishes in the sink. Can you please put them in the dishwasher? Um, compared to that passive aggressive being like shitty at them and not actually telling them why and then kind of feeling like they're getting a bit head fucked being like are they mad at me I'm not really sure what's going on um have I done something wrong like your partner or friend or whoever can't know that you're upset if you don't actually tell them directly why you're annoyed or upset it's completely normal and human to be annoyed and upset at someone for leaving a a dish in the sink there is nothing dramatic or wrong with that it's how you communicate it to the person that makes the difference and you know you when I say assertive I'm not saying that you have to be like angry sometimes there is some anger and that's okay to let that out but you can let your anger out and your frustration out in a way that isn't aggressive and it isn't intimidating and eliciting a trauma response in the other person so for example I might say to Brody my partner um which I do actually (laughs) a lot sometimes they will forget to wipe down the kitchen bench after they've used it and that is like my pet peeve I need to have at least one section of the bench that is clean at all times so that I can you know, make my lunch, do my stuff there with my herbs or my tea or whatever and not have like shit everywhere and like old food and stuff. It grosses me out and I like to have a clean space. They know this. I've lived with them before last year and they were still doing it sometimes and like recently and I was like, Brody, I need you to wipe down the bench after you use it and I said it really sternly not in a way that was um, aggressive or attacking I just said I really need this for me so you use I statements I need you to wipe down the bench after you use it so that I have a clean space because that's what I need and it's considerate of me to wipe the bench down that was a bit of a long response but something like that right and they're like okay yep sorry like I just am not in the habit of it or whatever um and then move on and it's done and the bench has been pretty much clean ever since (laughs) and I'm not saying that you shouldn't have to keep repeatedly asking your partner or person to do something you know that's not good um obviously Brody is autistic and there's a lot of other barriers and things there But if your partner is like neurotypical and doesn't have, you know, barriers with, you know, um, functioning and things like that and they keep like trashing the bench or like the house and you keep having to clean up after them, I'm not saying that you should repeatedly have to keep assertively asking them. You should probably leave that relationship because they're not respecting you. Um, But or you need to sit them down and have like a big chat. But That's like a whole other conversation. But yeah, that's kind of an example and it doesn't, so you're not, you're not having to be nice. Assertive communication isn't about being 
quote-unquote nice, right? Being quote-unquote nice is more of that passive-aggressive, like when you're being passive-aggressive, like my mum used to be, be like fake nice to me or like suck up or like and actually she was mad at me about something um, on the inside but was covering it up with this like fake niceness and you know how sometimes you can just like sometimes you can just like feel when someone is being fake and you can just like feel that energy that fake energy and you're like this person isn't really telling me how they feel this is a bit suspicious but you never really know because they're just like so like nice and like but you can just you get that fakeness from it that's kind of what my mum was like a little bit and <laughs> there were times where she's been pissed at me or something and she's completely ignored me that's passive aggression like if someone gives you the cold shoulder or ignores you or something like that that is like so immature and so the opposite of assertive healthy communication yeah back to what I was saying so assertive communication isn't about being nice it's about getting your point across in an upfront way that is communicating exactly what you need to say in the most concise way it's not kind of like fluffing it up and trying to like make it sound better or you're not at the end saying like oh sorry or like at the start being like oh sorry but like can you do this or oh sorry but you know you need to be as being assertive is like embodying a confident version of yourself and actually you know opening up your shoulders your chest keeping your chin up confident posture it's all about posture and body language and how you're holding yourself and it's actually saying hi, um, I'd really like you to do this thing that I've asked you to do a million times and you haven't done it. Like, and you can literally say, that pissed me off. So you don't have to be nice. You don't have to pretend like you're not pissed off. Being assertive is about being and saying and living your truth. It's about actually saying exactly what's on your mind. You don't need to say every single little thing that's on your mind about the situation, but it's about actually communicating what you're thinking. So I will tell Brody if they're being a grub <laughs> and I'm not and I'm ha- not having it. I'll be like, um, not that they really are much of a grub anymore, but <laughs> I will say that pisses me off. When you don't listen to me, I've asked you repeatedly, like, that pissed me off. I'm annoyed at you. You can say those things. Um, you don't have to pretend like you don't have to just say the thing and be like, okay, um, I would really appreciate it if you could clean up the dishes and then just like walk away or just be like, thank you. Thanks so much. Don't say any of that shit. That's being a doormat. Don't be like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They're not doing you a favor. They've already been either inconsiderate or disrespectful of something. So they should actually be really thanking you (laughs) do you get what I'm saying like don't suck up their ass basically and if you have to suck up someone's ass to get them to do something then why the fuck is that person in your life for a start um obviously sometimes you know family and people there's certain people that we can't necessarily always just cut out of our lives um we might have a housemate that we're like stuck living with until our lease ends for example which is actually a story I wanted to tell today which I'm going to segue into right now so I recently moved out of a house a couple of weeks ago that I was living in for six months and one of my housemates was amazing and so clean and we got along really well um we had really good communication about house stuff and whatever and then our other housemate who was a man a cis man he was an absolute grub he was neurodivergent or in the process of getting diagnosed and I understood that he was very inattentive and was definitely struggling with his mental health um, which really showed in you know what was happening in the house and him leaving his stuff everywhere and not cleaning up the kitchen properly and all that stuff um and 
we would have to be repeatedly asking him in the group chat and we were both very assertive, very upfront. Can you please take the bins out? Like you haven't taken them out yet. The kitchen is stinking, like stuff like that, right? And he just did not care. He was just like, oh, like, yeah, I'll do it. No worries. Like, like sometimes wouldn't even respond. And then we're like, fuck, are the bins going to go out? Like... Um, if you come across, you know, someone like that, that can be really tricky because even though you're being assertive, especially if you're a femme person or an AFAB and you're coming up against a cis man who is really like not giving a shit, even when you're being stern and assertive, that can be really challenging because you're full on just being super upfront. You're telling them what you need. You're telling them what needs to happen. And they are still just dismissing you like you're nothing. Like what you're saying doesn't mean anything and they're just being so disrespectful of you and the situation. That is like something that is can be so disheartening because for me, like I like I said earlier, I got I've I've gone to a place where I am feeling really confident in myself and my communication style. But then to constantly have to be telling this grown man who was like a year, like in his late 20s, to do this and do that. Like me and my housemate, we were just so over it. And I'm so happy that I'm not living with him anymore. He's such an asshole. (laughs) And he was just so disrespectful of us. He never apologized for leaving a mess. He never took accountability for anything you know so sometimes no matter how assertive you are people just don't care and they're not going to listen to you and that's just something that you're just going to have to accept and move on from and you're just going to have to do the best that you can in that situation now in terms of like how to develop a communication style uh, an assertive communication style like I said earlier just backtracking a little A really great place to start is therapy, counselling, any kind of talk therapy where you can just practice like speaking about how you're feeling and actually getting your feelings out into the open. A lot of us internalise a lot of stuff and that can lead to becoming more passive aggressive or not actually, you know, realising that we're not communicating things um, as directly as we should be so starting to have conversations with your psychologist you know maybe trying to figure out you know what's my communication style there's probably like I'll try and find a quiz and put it in the show notes I'm sure there's like a quiz or something online that you can take to pretty sure there is to find out what uh, your most dominant communication style is mine my old one definitely used to be a mixture of aggressive and um passive aggressive but probably predominantly passive aggressive um and I definitely can still that definitely can still come out for me sometimes especially during PMDD time where I'm feeling like a massive like cunt and I just like let my rage come out um but yeah assertive communication can end up coming quite naturally to you so start having conversations with your psychologist I also offer sex coaching and I am more than happy to help you with any of these things Um, I learned a lot about that stuff in my sexology degree and have done a lot of my own research and personal development work around uh, assertive communication and self-trust and actually you know, opening my throat and opening my voice. Uh, So I do have a lot of experience and education in this space. So if you are struggling, especially with, you know, assertive communication in romantic and sexual relationships, if that's something that you really struggle with, like asserting boundaries, um, like sexual boundaries and intimate boundaries and things like that, then yeah, you can send me a message or you can Um, actually schedule an alignment call with me so it's just a 15 minute free call that you can schedule online Um, and basically we just have a chat on the phone just to see if we're aligned and if I'm the person for you.
So all of that information will be in the show notes for you. The next thing that I would recommend is practicing having, being more assertive with your friends because being assertive with your friends, I feel like is a good place to start. Family can be a bit um, confronting and overwhelming because we've had our family around us for our entire lives and it's very ingrained in us how we communicate with them and that can be a lot trickier and have a lot more depth to it to actually unpack and rewire how we speak to our family so that is actually something that I'm still working on a lot especially with my dad is telling him like exactly how I feel about things because for a long time I didn't feel heard by him and I didn't feel seen and I didn't feel like he was going to take me seriously so I would shut down and not actually tell him how I was feeling and that has definitely ruptured our relationship which is I guess both parties faults not just his but um so start with friends start with your really close friends who you've known for a long time and you feel super comfortable with and just say to them like I just listened to this podcast and was saying I'm blood slut and um, Jen was saying that like you know this is a good way to practice assertive communication and I really want to become more of an assertive communicator so that I can get better at asserting boundaries because you're not actually going to be able to assert healthy boundaries in your relationships and in all areas of your life if you don't first start developing an assertive communication style in general. So boundaries, assertive communication, hand in hand doll. So pick a friend and just say, you don't have to actually tell them this, but just start telling them exactly how you feel. So for example, if they message you and they say, hey, like, how are you today? Just like checking in, you know, do you want to hang out later? Um, and maybe you're having a really shit day. Maybe you have a migraine or you've just started bleeding or you're just feeling a bit under the weather. And usually you're someone who would pretend to be okay or you don't want to be like a mood killer or, you know, that toxic positivity narrative that's so drilled into all of us. Like you, you know, you don't want to be a negative Nancy or be that person who's like, oh, I'm actually not feeling very well. Or maybe you just don't really like attention um, when you're not feeling very well. Maybe you like to compartmentalize and not think about it and suppress it. If that's you, then I really challenge you to say to that friend, to just be like, hey, I'm actually not feeling very well today. I'm actually having a pretty shit day and I would really love some company and I'd really love to hang out with you later um, because I really feel like some social interaction would be good for me right now. Um, you can say something like that and it might shock them a little bit if that's not your usual way of communicating. Um, and, you know, they might not communicate that to you or they might they might say, oh that doesn't sound like you or that's you know not like you or unlike you if they say something like that you can just say look I've just decided to start being more honest about how I'm actually feeling I actually do you know struggle some days like any other human and a lot of the time I actually just put on a brave face you can just say something like that just it's all about practicing actually saying what you're thinking and actually being upfront, and not just making up some weird narrative because your friends aren't going to actually know you they're not actually going to know who you are and your true essence if you constantly lie or don't really tell them how you're actually feeling or what's actually going on for you and it can actually be very detrimental to you to your mental health and actually cause a lot of feelings of you know loneliness and things like that if you're not actually telling your friends and communicating to them when when you're not doing well um so assertive communication can be literally a lifesaver (laughs) I used to be someone who you know I would always pretend I was okay I would always be like yeah I'm fine like and not really let people in it was like this facade it was like a mask that I would wear (coughs) and if you're someone who's like that I really encourage you to start making these to actually start being true to yourself and so people actually know the real you and this can 
be really daunting. It can feel really scary. It can feel really unfamiliar. And that's because it is scary and it is unfamiliar. And some of us, it might take us a lot of practice to get to a point where it's like second nature and we don't actually need to think about being assertive. It just happens. I still have so many moments, especially if I'm in a PTSD flashback or if I have a migraine or if I'm just not feeling well, if I'm in my luteal phase and I'm feeling a bit more vulnerable, I might regress a little bit back to my passive aggressive style or my kind of fawning um, passive. That's the other communication style, duh. So when when I've been saying fawning throughout this episode, what I actually meant was like, well, it makes sense fawning that still makes sense but as in like passive um communication so not not passive aggressive but passive oh I remembered it so yeah if you're more of a, a passive communicator someone who's that's more of like the doormat the fauna if you're a passive communicator then it's going to take you a little bit longer because it's going to feel really really intimidating to start doing this and start actually telling people how you're feeling. So I think a really good way to start is with pick your the one friend that you feel the safest with. Um, so for me, that would be my best friend Ace probably in terms of friends. And I just started being like super open with them about everything. They ask me how I am, like I am having a shit day. I'm like... I'm fucking shit, this is what's going on, Um, but also this is happening and I'm also feeling good in this way or whatever, you know, like just literally telling them how it is and why would you want to not be super honest with your friends if you're worried that if you're that honest and transparent with your friends that they're not going to want to hang out with you or put energy into the friendship or they're going to pull away then they're not people that you want in your life. They sound kind of avoidant and that might be their own trauma or fear um, of going deep potentially. You know, maybe they haven't unpacked their stuff. Maybe they haven't looked at their own trauma or their own childhood. And so when someone is vulnerable, they freak out and they pull away. So, you know, if you notice friends doing that when you do start to be honest you might have to sit down or have a chat with you know your coach or your therapist and just say look this I've noticed this pattern with my friends since I've started you know being more assertive and and honest and telling them how I'm feeling and I don't really know what to do you know like start having those conversations because you can start to feel a bit lonely if you notice that people aren't showing up the way that you are and if they start distancing themselves because you're being open and honest and and assertive then you know they might freak out and you might freak out because you're like ah is there something wrong with me am I being too much am I being too dramatic am I being negative Nancy am I you know all of these like thoughts are going to come up so that's why it's so important to chat to a professional or someone like me a sex coach or a relationship coach to actually unpack this stuff and to actually start shifting and rewiring and changing these limiting beliefs into healthier belief systems because if you don't do that you're going to start spiraling and you're going to think that something's wrong with you you're going to start thinking like oh fuck like my friends all think I'm like so mentally ill now and they think I'm so fucked up and you know they they think I'm too much they're not going to want to hang out with me ever again like if you're having these thoughts first of all stop pause breathe take a moment second actually like have a journal and think about do I actually want people in my life who are pulling away from me when I'm showing up as my true honest self like do I want to be around people like that probably not the answer is probably no (laughs) and this might be scary because you might lose some friends or they might not be as close anymore they might you know there might be some distance between you 
And that can be really scary. But sometimes that's got to happen. If you want to grow into a new version of yourself that is more assertive and confident, then you're going to have to cut the dead weight. You're going to have to cut some baggage. You're going to have to cut off some friends and friends and people in your life are probably going to fall away because you're on a different path or you're on a different wavelength now, you know? Um, and that's happened to me over the last few years and it's been really hard. And <clears throat> I definitely still have close friends who definitely don't communicate as assertively as me or as transparently as me. And that's just because they're at a different stage in their healing, um, recovery journeys. Um, and that's okay. And I see that and I'm aware of that and I understand that. And so it's all about discernment. It's all about, you know, discerning between is this person just having a really hard time or are they a bit of a cunt? You know, do they only want to have people around them who are happy all the time and positive and like, you know, that's not human. If you're happy and positive 100% of the time, you're not a human. <laughs> you're pretending, you're bypassing your shit. I did an episode a few weeks ago with Ace on bypassing, which you can go back and listen to. But a lot of people do that, especially in the spiritual community, and they don't take your shit. Like if, if you're having a shit time... They'll just be like, nah, like moving on to the next, I'm going to go find a new friend to replace you or people literally think like that and it's really sad, but it's reality. Go find some cool people who actually know how to communicate or at least learning to or open to learning to and who don't feel attacked when you're communicating assertively. So now I'm going to go into how to actually speak in an assertive way. So... Speaking in an assertive way is, like I said earlier, it's all about using I statements and it's about speaking in a way that can sometimes be stern, but can sometimes just be your normal tone of voice. And it's all about, yeah, like I said earlier, body language. It's all about opening up your chest, standing up tall, keeping your posture in alignment as much as you can. Um keeping your chin up, keeping a, a rather neutral facial expression. Um, but if you're actually feeling angry and frustrated, of course you can express that. Um, but just be mindful of that sort of line between aggressive and assertive. Make sure that, you know, you're not kind of coming at them like this. That might like, you know, kind of uh, freak some people out. But you can get mad and obviously you're entitled to raise your voice a little if you feel that you need to let that out and if you feel like it's warranted, I guess, in the scenario. But remember that we're not being aggressive, we're not attacking and we're also not getting defensive. We're stating our thoughts in a way that is really quite upfront and direct. So I know I've said that a lot, but I'm just like really trying to like drill that into your brain upfront and direct. Okay, I'll give you an example. My acupuncturist is a man and I have a lot of consent boundaries with health professionals due to my trauma um, of being, you know, having my body and my space violated a lot. Um, and so... That wasn't something that I was taught as a child. I wasn't taught to like how to have boundaries with people, you know, any kind of boundaries, but people touching my body and things like that. So when it came to, you know, when I started getting sexually involved with people or involved in relationships, people often crossed, you know, violated me because I wasn't actually speaking or communicating my boundaries. I'm going to do probably a part two on specifically like asserting boundaries and sexual boundaries. But just for now, we're just talking about communication. So yeah, at acupuncture, um, my acupuncturist is really respectful. But sometimes like, you know, health professionals who do body work, sometimes they 
go into autopilot or they just are in a hurry or they're distracted and they're thinking about things in their head, um, they're problem solving in their head, but they forget to ask for consent. And I was very clear with my acupuncturist in the early days. I've been seeing him for over a year and a half now of saying that, you know, I've got sexual trauma and he knows that I have complex PTSD, obviously, and stuff. And I was like, look, I, I really need you to ask before you touch anywhere, you know, on my stomach or anywhere, um, anywhere that's near my breasts or my bum or my back, any kind of this middle area for me. Like I'm okay with people touching my legs unless it's like kind of upper thigh or like feet. But yeah, so that was my, um, I guess my, my boundary. And I communicated that um to him and it was scary because he's a man in his late 40s you know that's intimidating it was intimidating for me and there were times when I did feel scared to say something but I forced myself to and sometimes I would completely dissociate and um not actually know what the fuck I said but at least I did it (laughs) and so I'm kind of in the process of practicing staying present when I assert a boundary or communicate assertively rather than dissociate to escape the discomfort of it because that's not necessarily super healthy but for some of us that might just be kind of what happens and like the initial reaction of our like our brain especially if we have um, PTSD or dissociative symptoms um, or any kind of dissociation so just be mindful if you are dissociating when you are asserting a boundary and just make sure that you again unpack that in therapy and talk to a professional about it because that in itself can become a habit and you don't want to be constantly dissociating all the time when you're communicating because you'll be dissociated a lot because generally most of us have to communicate a lot in the day so basically yeah he's actually breached that a couple of times and just forgotten and there was one time where yeah he touched like somewhere and I was like I just like froze and flipped down I was I just said like can you please make sure that you ask I still kind of do this thing where I'll say it and then I'll be like it's okay it's okay like I'll try and like compensate or I don't know if that's the right word but I'll try and make sure that he doesn't feel bad so I'm making sure that he's comfortable and not worrying about myself it's that whole you know that whole um concept of like making like we spend a lot of our time making people around us comfortable but we were the ones that were actually uncomfortable so he's probably not uncomfortable in that situation he's probably like oh shit like I just did that oops and just moving on whereas in my head I'm like oh it's okay like trying to like make sure that he's okay and he doesn't feel uncomfortable or he doesn't feel guilty or bad or shameful or whatever so just be mindful of that because that can also happen where when you're dissociating you might be like it's okay or don't worry about or sorry sorry but can you just not touch there you know saying sorry as well and apologizing and just like kind of using a lot more words than you need to um is quite common so for me I used to be always be like oh sorry sorry but can you just like not touch that like why am I saying sorry in that scenario for a start they're the one doing the wrong thing not you and then being like it's okay it's okay at the end as well is kind of almost as bad as saying sorry really (laughs) and so I stopped the sorry thing but now I'm saying like it's okay it's okay it's okay at the end and so at the moment I'm kind of working on not doing that at the end of the sentence and just saying can you please make sure that you ask before touching me there and just pausing waiting for their response they'll probably say sorry or no worries or whatever and then move on because at the end of the day we are all humans even though it's shitty that people aren't more aware and conscious of the fact that they're they might violate us and they need to ask for consent to touch certain parts of our bodies they are human and people forget and people space out and it's annoying and sometimes very triggering but just part of life yeah so that's kind of an example of how you can start to practice in you know medical settings with friends start to assert more boundaries and assert 
yourself in a way that is confident, keeping a level tone of voice if you can. Even if the first few times you, you do it and you practice this, your voice comes out all squeaky and like all like feminine and cute. And you're just like, can you, can you please not touch me there? Sorry. Or you do something like that. Don't beat yourself up. Just be like, it's okay. Like this is, I'm only practicing. I'm just getting used to this. It's still unfamiliar. I'm still like, you know, figuring it out. So make sure that you're gentle with yourself and each time you do it, it will get easier and it might take 20 different scenarios before it feels even remotely comfortable. And that's just the, the hard truth and the hard reality of it. Um, and it's just all about pushing yourself. It's about forcing yourself some days, even when you feel you don't feel like doing it to say what you mean and to say the thing and to assert the boundary and to communicate the thing directly to the person's face or however else you need to communicate it a lot of the time we will hide behind a screen if we need to communicate something that is really confronting we might send a text or a voice message or something instead of actually giving them a phone call or a facetime or seeing them in person and that's okay to start with if that's something that you feel more comfortable doing to begin with if you're someone who is very passive and timid with asserting yourself and your communication then it might actually be a really good idea to just start asserting yourself first through text message and just communicating to the person that um, you aren't at a stage yet where you feel super comfortable to have this conversation in person because it's very confronting for you and it's very scary and intimidating and you can just be honest that's also being assertive is actually saying look I'm just practicing being more honest and and open so I feel more comfortable at this stage which is a boundary right I feel more comfortable at this stage to communicate this to you via text message and I've had people tell me before uh, like I've communicated things to friends that they would have preferred me to communicate in person or kind of you know um, over the phone or something but I didn't feel safe enough at that time to do that and that's okay you remember you're not doing these things for anyone else and if that upsets them or that hurts them that's you know that's going to happen sometimes that's just part of life you're doing the best that you can sometimes you like if it's a really big thing like for example breaking up with someone or communicating to a friend that um, they've really hurt you or they've crossed a boundary it might be better to see them in person if you think that you know you just have to discern that you have to discern between you know is this person going to respond to this better in person or is this going to maybe you know cause issues like it's up to you to decide like I'm not going to tell you what to do but yeah so practice you know, over text message, voice messages, I think are better because people can actually hear your tone. But I know some people feel really anxious and weird sending voice messages, which I totally get. I love voice messages personally um, because I feel like a lot less can get misconstrued and the communication's a lot more uh, easy to understand. Things are communicated a lot better because you know for example like if if you're telling someone something assertively in a text message and your friend or the the receiving person isn't used to you communicating in that style they might think that you're being rude or aggressive or they might actually think that you're mad at them or being passive aggressive and that's obviously on them but if there's a shift in that dynamic, it might be best to just tell them if they're someone you're close with and can be honest with to just say, look, I'm just, I'm not mad at you or upset with you. I'm just assertively and up, up front telling you that this is how I feel about this situation. You might like to put an emoji in there to lighten it up a little bit, the tone of it or 
like I said, it, it might just be better to send a voice message or actually have a phone call if you can't see them in person to communicate the thing so that the overall message isn't misconstrued because that has happened a lot to me <laughs> through sending text messages. And then afterwards, you know, the friend's been like, oh, this would have been so much easier in person or we wouldn't have had such a big blow up or argument if we just had a phone call. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So make sure that you really discern there. And even if it feels really challenging and really difficult to have that conversation over the phone or in person, sometimes you're just going to have to like force yourself to do that and that sucks but it's good practice for your assertive communication anyway and you're going to feel really really uncomfortable when it's happening and at the time and beforehand you might get a bit nervous and anxious but after it's done you're going to feel so good about yourself and you're honestly gonna be so proud of yourself um, for pushing through that that difficult period and that difficult time because you know it's all about celebrating these little wins and celebrating yourself for growth for embracing growth and embracing a new version of you because that's what you're stepping into if you're going from or a you know an unhelpful communication style to a more assertive communication style that's stepping into a version of yourself that you're unfamiliar with so you should be really proud of yourself for doing that so the same housemate I was talking about before who's like really shit would do lots of things that grossed me out or that were just annoying and I had to get really used to talking to him directly to his face about these things because he lived in the same house as me I couldn't just send him a message and be like hey can you do this thing when he's literally in the room next to me like he'd be like why didn't you just tell me that in person and so that was part of it for me so it kind of forced me to do it because I didn't want to look like an idiot (laughs) but it was also um I also saw it as an opportunity and as a challenge to start actually telling him how I felt about things and not just pretend that everything was okay and I wasn't gonna let another man walk all over me like I'm a little doormat I wasn't going to put up with that shit. I was like, fuck you. So I kind of channeled like this rage towards the patriarchy. (laughs) Um, And that actually really helped me become more assertive with him actually. Because as AFABs, we generally do find it the most difficult to be assertive with men. Especially older men like our dads or older family members, bosses, etc. So with my housemate... One time he, like, he would never scrub. This is a bit gross. Like, if you don't like poo talk, just skip this bit. But he would never, like, like scrub the skitties off the toilet bowl after he would take a shit. And I was like, that's disgusting. You're, like, 28, bro. Are you fucking serious? Like, I'm not... Like, one time I actually scrubbed his poo off the toilet because it was my turn to clean the toilet and... It was bad. It was a sprayer. I was like, this is fucked. (laughs) And I literally... I literally... um, He came into my room to get something. And I was like, so scared to bring it up to him. Because that's so awkward. Because I hadn't been there very long at this point. And I was like, this is so awkward. Oh my god. I have to tell him to scrub his shit off the toilet bowl. And he came into my room and I kind of like... I didn't really like look at him because I was like that's gonna make it so much harder and I was kind of like doing something in my room and he was like grabbing something from my room and so we're both in my room and I kind of turned around so I wasn't facing him because I wanted to seem like it was casual and confident so I kind of faked it but I was like I was like can you please scrub your like shit off the toilet and he was like oh sorry like I didn't you know whatever like realize I did that whatever and then I was like no worries and then he just left and I was like yes I fucking did it (laughs) because it was like so scary to say that to someone I was like fuck this is like really embarrassing and there were heaps of other things like that that I just said to him like straight to his face I was like can you like move this thing can you do that like what are you doing and then with like cleaning the bathroom when I moved in because I knew that he wasn't going to clean like I knew that I could tell by the state of the house and I moved in because it was just me and him sharing this bathroom because the other housemate was in the granny flat and so he was like 
um, like I was like, I wanted to like make up a cleaning roster so that I wasn't going to be left to do all the housework. And so I got home one night and I was like, hey, can you come and like sit? This is like so unlike me, by the way, everyone. Like <laughs> I was so proud of myself. I was like, hey, can you come and like sit in the lounge room with me for a sec? I just want to like have a chat. And he was like, sit down. Like, how long is this going to be? And I was like, oh, I just like really want to like talk things through and make sure that we're on the same page. And I talked him through like exactly how I like the bathroom cleaned. I'm like, you know, I asked him, like, how do you clean? Like, what's your process so we can, like, work something out? And just had, like, a really honest conversation. He honestly looked quite awkward the whole time. You could tell that he'd never had a femme, a fab, come up to him before, sit him down and be like, so how do you clean? And I felt so badass. I was like, he is so intimidated by me right now. And that felt really good. <laughs> Not that I was like purposefully intimidating him, but my assertiveness was intimidating him because he's not used to femmes being assertive and a lot of men aren't and it's time that we put them in their places but yeah I've got so much more to share on this and I'm gonna do a part two going more into um sexual boundaries and more into kind of romantic relationships and asserting boundaries and things like that I don't know if this part two is gonna come out after this one comes out like the following week or if it'll be like a few weeks later I don't know because with my health at the moment honestly like even recording this right now I feel like half dead I've had a migraine all day again I probably shouldn't have sat in the hot sun like I'm really hot I'm gonna have to go have a cold shower <laughs> but yeah there's a little life update for you um, I also found out that from my disability person today who is from because I have a disability provider because I still get Centrelink um, and basically he was like the Botox sometimes a migraine doesn't work until like like fully until the second time you get it and my neurologist didn't tell me that I don't know why he definitely has ADHD and is a bit like spacey I think he just forgot um was in a bit of a hurry he was running very late um the day of my appointment like two hours late so so there's a little life update um for those of you who aren't in the loop I got Botox um to treat my chronic migraine um I got it two weeks ago yesterday so it's been 15 days now since I got it and generally it takes two weeks to work it can take up to two weeks to work um so I thought I'm I'm a little bit bummed but I'm really glad that my disability person told me that today because I was like flipping out but he was like no don't worry like sometimes the Botox itself can like cause a lot of like neck tightness and pain so then it's like giving you migraines so yeah that's where I'm at with that if anyone's interested if anyone lives with migraine and I don't just mean you get a migraine like every now and then (laughs) I mean if you live with chronic migraine which is you have 15 or more migraines a month um then feel free to send me a message I'm happy to chat to you if you're considering getting Botox um because honestly the procedure itself was so chill um it was like five minutes and it didn't even really hurt that much I thought it was gonna like hurt like a bitch um it was just like getting like a vaccine basically it's just like little needles in your like if you don't like needles probably scary um but yeah I just took like my best friend with me because it was really emotional and they like held my hand because I was like hella emotional because I was like oh my god like my life could potentially really change um from this treatment like this could be really life-changing for me and really improve my quality of life so let's hope that it starts to kick in soon or at least it works you know in two months two and three months two and a half months when I get it again because I can only get it every three months um, because Medicare doesn't let you get it any sooner than that um, and generally it wears off at the two and a half month mark so I'm still going to be getting acupuncture weekly still taking my Chinese herbs still I need to get back on my magnesium supplement I've been a bit lazy with that <sighs> just settling into this new house and um, yeah just trying to you know 
get through life at the moment there's a lot of change happening around me with like my partner and like what they're doing with their life and yeah it's like a weird time that's a little life update I might start doing those at the end of the episodes if if you like them (laughs) because I really feel like a lot of you listening to this are probably my friends slash also just like my community and my tiny community and I, I just love you all so much and thank you for supporting me and this podcast and as always don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and it would be really really appreciated if you could leave a rating or a review or both on whatever platform you listen to your podcast on um it just really helps the visibility of the podcast and it just allows me to speak to as many humans as I can possibly reach and it will also allow me to hopefully get eventually get um some sponsors and also so I can actually make some income from the podcast because at the moment like I'm not making any money from it um and this is like you know something that I put a lot of energy into a lot of my time yeah I I I really would love to be doing this full-time or at least you know I I would love to have two podcast episodes out a week for you I would love to be able to get more well-known guests with higher profiles and things like that but I can't you know get there without your help so yeah and if you're on YouTube same thing comment subscribe um, share it share it on your socials share it with your friends your family your partners anyone your work colleagues like get around it um know I talk about a lot of taboo stuff on here and I know that some of it is you know very unusual for some people but that's what I'm here for um so thank you so much for tuning in today I hope this episode's been helpful um I'm also like you know open for feedback if you have any feedback or anything like that let me know and I will catch you next week next week I have a guest on um, and we're talking about mindful sex so that's going to be really exciting so if you have any questions that you would like us to answer about mindful sex and having more present sex and masturbation practices then you can email me gem at I'm a lot gem or send me a dm on instagram at the blood slut um, my website is also offerings and you can yeah basically check out everything in the show notes um I'm like fading away (laughs) that that was really draining the sun is like pumping okay I love you all bye